Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to be diving into the controversial finish from Pocono between Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson. Also, we'll discuss the surprising news last week for Silly Season, where Justin Haley is making the move from college racing to Rick Ware Racing. And we take a look at the upcoming regular season finale for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series from Richmond. It all starts now on 3 Wide. So before we get started on this week's episode of Three Wide, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Hunt to Harvest. If you're looking to update or upgrade your hunting apparel, then hunttoharvest.com is where you need to go, where you can check out their awesome selection of shirt designs, which includes turkey hunting, as well as multiple types of fishing. They also have a special sale going on right now with their long sleeve shirts. So if you're looking to get a head start on your winter collection, hunttoharvest.com has the deals for you. And they still have that mystery box special going on where for $33, you can get three shirts chosen at random sent to you and for $11 a shirt with this high quality of product you're not going to find a better deal anywhere else so head over to hunttoharvest.com when you go to check out be sure to enter that promo code radney18923 that's r-a-d-n-e-y 18923 for even more savings at checkout and this can all be done at hunttoharvest.com Now this week, we're not going to focus so much on the, the truck series or the Xfinity series race as we normally do, uh, just because there's so many different news items we're going to be going over and discussing. But briefly looking at the truck series race, you had Kyle Busch get the win after a pass on the last lap over former Kyle Busch Motorsports driver, Corey Heim. Taylor Gray, he came away with a solid third place finish. Christopher Bell driving for Hattori. He finished in fourth with Grant Enfinger in fifth, and it was a, another solid day for Grant Enfinger. Zane Smith, he won the first two stages, but had, had a pretty scary accident there with uh, his truck catching on fire. Luckily, he was able to get out all right. But again, Kyle Busch comes away with yet another truck series win for KBM. On the Xfinity Series side of things, you had Austin Hill getting his fourth win on the year after getting around Josh Berry on a late restart. And then Josh Berry suffered a, a pretty low finish than what he really should have gotten. He finished 24th after making contact with both both Austin Hill and teammate Sam Mayer. Now, Sam Mayer, he did come home second, a, a good finish for him. Cup Series regular Chase Elliott finished third, Riley Herbst fourth, and Daniel Hemrick finished in fifth. Now, the big race, of course, over the weekend was the Cup Series race where you had Denny Hamlin win in very controversial fashion after uh, making, I'll go ahead and say it, making contact with Kyle Larson late, making a pass for the lead on a restart. And just to set it up, you had a restart where Hamlin was able to get inside of Larson going into turns one and two. Hamlin rides up, makes ever so slight contact, runs Larson up into the outside wall. Uh, a caution then comes out. Larson shows his displeasure. He runs Hamlin into the wall under the, the caution on the front straightaway. Looking at this incident and, and some of the reaction from both Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson, afterwards, Denny, of course, got booed heavily by the fans, but Hamlin has stayed pretty adamant that he did not make contact with Kyle Larson, that, you know, both drivers just basically wrecked themselves. And that might have been true with the Alex Bowman situation. Denny didn't make any contact with Bowman, just simply took the air off the car and caused him going to the wall. With Larson, though, it's a completely different situation. 
there was contact, like I said, ever so slightly. It, it wasn't it wasn't like Hamlin drove it down in the corner just with the goal of taking out Larson. Rode up the track, you see the air, the, the flaps come off the front of the car, signifying that there's no air passing. There was some some small contact made. And this was the a, a very very big hot point for this race with the contact and all, I'm, I don't want to call it a dirty win by Denny, by, by any means, but you have two guys going for the win late in the race. And it's also two drivers that are known for putting other drivers in situations where it's either let off the gas and live to fight another lap or stay in it and probably end up in the outside wall. And for Larson, he, really didn't get much of a chance to make that decision with, with the contact with Hamlin. I feel like when they made that slight contact, Larson really, he, he had lost it at that point. He was going into the outside wall and Larson even said post-race, he let his displeasure be known. Uh, Kim Kuhn, who did the interview with Larson on pit road, she did an excellent job really digging for answers from Kyle and just asking the questions that needed to be asked. Um, Larson let it be known that he was not happy with this move. Obviously, him and Denny are very good friends, but said he probably will have to walk, race Denny different from here on out. And for Denny, the situation reminds me a lot of the Joey Logano-Matt Kenseth rivalry there uh, just a handful of years ago, where you had Logano spin out Kenseth going into turn one late at Kansas, pretty much putting Kenseth in a hole to move on to the next round of the, the chase. A lot of fans, they weren't necessarily, and even looking back, aren't displeased the fact that Joey spun Matt because Matt was blocking, and they said, hey, it, what happened? I mean, no harm, no foul. Kenseth made that decision by blocking him. But it was the attitude of Logano afterwards that I think really got Kenseth riled up, uh, along with fans. It's kind of the same thing here. What happened on the track, I wouldn't necessarily label dirty. I, I don't think any line was crossed necessarily. But with Hamlin, his, his attitude getting out of the car and how he has handled it since, saying, you know, he still does not believe he made contact, so on and so forth. I think that's going to come back to bottom. He was on the, the good end of two accidents that took out two Hendrick drivers, and especially Alex Bowman, who's really in a spot where he cannot stand to, to lose that much ground. He has got to start picking up points and he had a solid run going probably would have finished very well. He had gotten some stage points through the day. It was setting up to be a good day for Bowman. And unfortunately all that work was done away with after the spin for Hamlin. It's got to think you got to think he's got to put a target on his back when the playoffs start, especially He's had a run in pretty much with every Hendrick driver at some point in their career, some more recent than others. And if you have drivers like Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, who you've had history with, they're not in the playoffs. Let's say they don't make it in. They got nothing to lose if they go out there and, and race you hard, not necessarily wreck you, but if you're trying to lap them or if you need to get around them for a point, they're going to make it extremely difficult for you. Larson, he's, I feel like, has to race Hamlin differently. He has to put his foot down and show that he's not going to let this stand. Like I said, I wouldn't call this a dirty win by Hamlin, but I think with his, with his attitude getting out of the car like he did, that just puts the sour taste in everyone's mouth. That probably honestly ticked Larson off 
more afterwards than the contact itself when it happened. And, and the funny thing is, you know, w- with how these drivers were reacting, if the roles are reversed, Larson would be doing the same thing. Larson would run Hamlin hard into the corner to try and take his line away, to try and get Denny to let off the gas. And if this happened to Denny, he would be irate as well. He he has a, a long history in this sport, being on both sides of things, but when it doesn't go his way, he has shown his displeasure several times. Alex Bowman at Martinsville, when Bowman got too hot in the corner, wasn't, I believe, intentional when, when he spun out Denny going for the win. But what did Denny do? Denny went up there and broke up Alex Bowman's burnout or celebration getting out and showed his displeasure. So not a whole lot of, I guess, grace being shown by Denny in in this incident, but it got people talking. It it got a lot of eyes on the race. I think the ratings on this one was higher than it was last year for the Pocono race last year. And this could be something to watch as we get closer to the playoffs and into the playoffs, not necessarily Denny versus Larson, but Denny versus Hendrick Motorsports as a whole. You know, you can't, you got to think Rick Hendrick's probably not too happy with this, the way this day ended for two of his drivers, you know, especially with comments he was making about Ross Chastain earlier in the year, I would have a bigger problem with how this past Sunday ended, honestly. So looking at some other solid finishers from the day, uh, Ty Gibbs, he finished in fifth, staying within striking distance of that playoff cutoff line. He's now 28 points below that cutoff line. I believe this was his first career top five in the cup series. So a really good day for Ty Gibbs. Also, you had Ricky Stenhouse. He comes home in seventh. Harrison Burton able to put together a complete race, keeping it clean, and he gets an eighth-place finish, a a much-needed solid day for Harrison and that Wood Brothers team. Eric Jones, he gets a ninth-place finish, and Eric really kind of warming up over these past few weeks. He's gotten a couple top tens, and even when he hasn't finished in the top ten, he's still got some 11th and 12th-place finishes, so some, some, uh, some good weeks here recently for Eric. Chase Elliott, he finishes in 10th, only makes up, I believe, four points to that cutoff line, and and that's not going to cut it. But we are coming up to some tracks that are going to set up really well for him as we get closer to the playoffs. Bubba Wallace finishes in 11th, Eric Almarola in 12th, Todd Gillen 15th. Solid finishes for those guys and what was a a pretty interesting ending for, for Pocono. And I think Pocono, looking at the crowd, Pocono has really benefited from going from a two-race schedule where the the races were only separated by like a month, if that. They've really benefited from this one race. You see the crowd picking up, attendance is getting higher, the camping itself, I forget what year they picture they were comparing it to, but the infield with the campers was packed, slammed full. So definitely makes a good case for a lot of these tracks to go ahead and maybe make the move to just one race a season. Um, and, and also Pocono has benefited from back-to-back years of some really solid races. Now, a couple of, of just some random news that's come out over this past week that I want to discuss. Number one being what was really a surprise news in the silly season uh, of NASCAR, which was Justin Haley announcing he will be going to drive for Rick Ware Racing. He signed a multi-year agreement with the team leaving colleague racing, which has pretty much been his home throughout his entire NASCAR career. And this was really a shock because 
Justin has been with his team for so long through the rankings, you know, it kind of felt like this was going to be a long-term team for Haley throughout his career. And on the surface, looking at the the news, just the headline itself of Justin Haley leaving college to go Rick Ware racing, it definitely raised a lot of questions, left people scratching their heads. But when you look overall at this move, it could turn out to be a pretty interesting move. It's obviously a slam dunk hire for Rick Ware Racing. And look, Rick Ware Racing, they've been the butt of many jokes in the NASCAR world. They've been a last place car for most of their existence. But here, especially this past this, this season so far, you've seen them kind of step up their game on the competition side of things. And some of this, uh, they went over on door bumper clear, but with Cody Ware and all his troubles off the track, him being out of the car and them filling it in with, with drivers like JJ Yaley, Cole Custer, uh, Todd Gillen, getting some starts with the team. Ryan Newman has really, I think upped this team on the competition side. When you can get a veteran like Ryan Newman in the car, very knowledgeable driver, very smart, that can give you the feedback you need. That is a big plus. J.J. Yaley has been very consistent with this team in, in the races he's run in. Out of 14 starts, he's been running at the finish of 13 of them. And that's been a big plus for this team this year. Normally, we see them get knocked out of races with accidents. This year, they've been pretty steady. I think they've only been knocked out of two races total throughout the season for all their cars. So a pretty good year for, for Rick Ware racing. And one thing that stuck out when Justin Haley was, was was talking about this move was Brad Keselowski being a part of these negotiations, being a part of the talks. And it sounds like an alliance coming with Brad's team, Roush Fenway Keselowski racing, which will be a huge win for Rick Ware racing. And it goes to show that, you know, they're, they're wanting to, be more competitive. They're wanting to take that next step, much like we've seen Spire Motorsports this season with Corey LaJoy. And Justin Haley's a guy who's going to go out there and I think will keep the car clean. He's going to be somebody that can keep you up front in races like at Daytona, Talladega, Atlanta, and he's pretty solid on road courses. He's going to be an interesting guy to watch. And we'll see how the performance is after I was, you know, the first part of next season. But it's it's an interesting move to say the least. It's one nobody really saw coming, but I think could could work out really well for Rick Ware Racing and Justin Haley in the long run. And for Justin, he's locked up this multi-year deal, so he doesn't have to worry about anything for, for at least a year or two, um, what his future is going to look like. And, and that kind of security can, can do a lot for a driver's confidence. On the flip side of this with college racing, now you have an open 31 car and what's a, a pretty solid team in the Cup Series. Obviously, they're very good in the Xfinity Series. Cup Series side, they're they're pretty decent. I'd put them maybe, you know, right there in the league with a with a Richard Childress Racing, one of one of their type of teams. But who goes in that 31 car? I do not believe it'll be Chandler Smith. I think Chandler needs another year or two of Xfinity racing before he's ready for that Cup Series jump. I see Chandler being more as the one to replace A.J. Allmendinger when A.J. probably ultimately decides to, to hang it up. Um, so I don't think Chandler Smith's the one they're going to go with. The two names I would keep an eye on is Austin Hill 
and Carson Josevar. Austin, simply because they're at Richard Childress Racing, it's kind of, you know, in limbo. Unless he can bring this enough sponsorship for Richard to start a third team full-time, I don't think that's going to be a place where he can go to uh, to the cup level with. And college racing makes sense because they are an affiliate with Richard Childress Racing, so it still keeps them in, in the Richard Childress Racing family. Uh, for Carson Hosevar, there are rumors going around that he could make the jump to the Cup Series, completely skip the uh, Xfinity Series, which makes sense because he has shown good runs in the Xfinity Series, and his one start earlier this year in the seven car was going really good at Gateway. So why not go ahead and bump him up and go ahead and get him in the Cup Series, especially if you know he's not really going to benefit from a, a year or two in the Xfinity Series. Go ahead and get him in that Cup ride, and if he can get in a car like College Racing in that 31 car, that could be a real strong combination. Outside of those two, I don't see, unless we have another surprise, anyone else going to make that move. You know, I don't see call, anybody really colleague can go after or that right now is worth going after anyone that's cup ready. I think besides Zane, who's with Ford, uh, Austin Hill and Carson Hosevar, they make the most sense. Sheldon Creed, he's just not there yet. I think like Chandler, give him another year or two of seasoning in the Xfinity series. Maybe then he's in the discussion, but either way, whoever fills in that 31 car, it's going to be a solid ride for them. And for Justin, now he has a chance to, to build up another team and who knows what he could create. And with this, if they do get this alliance with Brad's team, could this set him up down the line, possibly to turn it, you know, to get into the, the six car. If Brad Keselowski retires, if it falls that way, it's just something to think about way down the road. I don't know. I don't think Brad's thinking about retiring yet. I think he wants to get his team up there contending for championships before he decides to do that. But sticking with colleague news, AJ Allmendinger this week with the cup and truck series at Richmond, the Xfinity series at road America, AJ is going to make the, the trip to road America to drive the number 10 car for colleague racing. Uh, he's going to be skipping practice and qualifying Derek Krause is going to fill in for AJ on the Cup Series side. And this is another head-scratcher move. Uh, AJ, he he said in an interview, basically defending doing this, you know, even with him right there in the playoff bubble. Uh, some people won't understand it, AJ said, but at the end of the day, we don't care. This is what we want to do. And we know college racing is all about getting trophies. But at what cost? To me, this move definitely doesn't make sense. AJ, he is right there in 17th, just 17 points below that cut line. Um, and, and with us going to Richmond, which may not be the best track for AJ in, in his career, you would you got to think they'd want to get a, as much seat time for AJ as they can to prepare for this race. I, I just, when you got a guy right here in this battle, I, I don't see the reason in pulling him. Now, if AJ was back in 25th and needed a win to get in, yeah, the, this, you know, why not put him over at Road America where he pretty much would probably be a lock to get the win or at least in contention for it. But I just don't agree with this move to pull him away from the Cup Series, take his focus away from that and throw him into an Xfinity race on the other on, across the country. And before we sign off, just going back real quick to the truck series this weekend at Richmond, it is their regular season finale. And really the battle 
is going to be for that final spot between two drivers points-wise anyway. Matt Craft and Stuart Friesen, just nine points right now separating those two drivers. Uh, Tanner Gray, he is 47 points below the cut line. Chase Purdy, 54. On the flip side of that, you got Matt Benedetto, who's 31 points above the cut line, and Nicholas Sanchez, who's 21 points above the cut line. So I feel like Sanchez to Benedetto, as long as they don't go out there and wreck in the first stage, they're going to be fine, especially if they can get some stage points. With Crafton and Friesen, uh, how they attack this race, I'm not sure. For Crafton, I mean, you got a nine-point gap. I would think you'd be trying to get as many stage points as you can. Your goal is to finish ahead of Friesen in the first two stages. For Tanner Gray, Chase Purdy, Tyler Ankrum, Jake Garcia, these guys that are not within striking distance for the, the points battle, they're obviously going to be going for the win. And if the right caution falls at the right time and these guys can take a little gamble, it's going to be a really interesting race Saturday night. Um, for some reason, just keep an eye on Chase Purdy. He strikes me as the top and being with KBM, they may swing for the fences and, and go for the win. And if that happens, the battle between Matt Craft and Stuart Friesen just isn't going to matter. And it's really surprising to see Stewart below the cut line because he's just normally been such a consistent driver for the truck series. I mean, just looking at the stats at a glance, compared to Matt Crafton, he has five top fives, five top tens. Matt Crafton, he only has one top five and five top tens. So it's just for, for Friesen, he just seems to be a normal guy that can that's going to get you into the playoffs. With the emergence of guys like Corey Heim and his first full-time season, and along with Carson Hosefar getting that win, putting himself in, Nick Sanchez, who's having a good rookie season, to Benedetto, who's been cons more consistent this season than he was last year, it it's starting to push a lot of these guys we're used to seeing competing for a championship out of the picture. That'll wrap up today's episode. As always, thank you all for joining me and listening along. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And be sure to click on the link below in our description to my YouTube channel. Subscribe over there so you know when our new videos drop every week, including our weekly fantasy shorts. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week. And we will meet back same time next week over all the action from not only Richmond, but also Road America.